Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We're sounding the alarm for the peril and the uncertainty that lie ahead. Our commitment is for the objective truth. And as The Watchman, we will always call out whenever we see those that live in the land of the fifth dimension attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts and truth. We will call out the real motives of those living in the land of unlimited imagination. We're going to expound on the underreported facts. Today, we're going to be getting to those underreported facts with Bonnie Stock. Bonnie Stock is a retired teacher. She's also a former chair of the of the Berks Republican Committee and uh, just all, all around smart lady. Bonnie's back with us again. And we have we also have Brandon Moyer. Now, Brandon is uh, running for the Pennsylvania 126th. Um, it's a Cal Jerome seat that he's held for again half a century or nearly half a century. Now we're running a good candidate. Brandon Moyer is in there and uh, Brandon's going to be talking to us a little bit about what makes him a good candidate. Brandon is a small business owner of a home of a home care solution company. He started this company uh, with a thousand dollars and grew this company to 700,000 in sales in just a handful of years. I think it was six years. Congratulations on that. That truly is an American story, Brandon. So welcome to the point. Uh, I should say the watchman. Welcome to the show. And why don't you tell our listeners here why you think uh, you want to run and what difference you can make in helping Pennsylvania do better down the road. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, as Clay was saying, my name is Brandon Moyer. I'm actually running for the 127th district. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, 127th. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. And as Clay was uh, iterating with my small business, yes, I I have uh, 20 full-time employees, mm. and I operate a, a business of $700,000 a year in, in sales, all from $1,000 in uh, five, almost six years now. But uh, the main reason, one of the main reasons I'm really wanting to get into this and why I'm running um, is property taxes uh, for my uh, constituents in my uh, mm. district. Property taxes have gotten out of control. Uh, it has been a, uh, a horse, a dead horse that has been beaten for 30 years now. And, you know, it's time. There, there, we, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, we put a man on the moon. And we can't, for some reason, figure out how to erase property taxes these days. So um, I know we have a plan out there. Uh, there's some uh, issues we need to, to fix. And... Um, we, we need it. We need to help our constituents. We need to help uh, the residents of Pennsylvania take take the take the uh, uh, taxes back to them and uh, and out of the uh, hands of the government and the uh, school hungry. Um, well, I should say uh, hungry property, uh, school property um, people. So. So where now where, where do you stand on things like, uh, well, first off, pro-life? Where are you on life and the issue of life? Okay, so <laughs> pro-life for me, you know, we need to speak out for the unborn citizens. To me, for you to be able to decide that having a child um, is just not for you, but yet you're not willing to take the necessary precautions and preventing uh, you getting pregnant, to me that, and then deciding to, you know, uh, terminate is unacceptable. You are literally terminating... A, an innocent life who hasn't even had the opportunity to breathe oxygen right. yet um, and to have the rights uh, it mm -hmm. well deserves. Um, so I am pro-life. Uh, to me, life begins at conception, and I'm here to speak out for the unborn citizen. 
Now, uh, where, where are you at on the uh, Second Amendment rights and stuff like that, pro- protecting our Second Amendment? I, absolutely. I, I actually own a, a few guns myself. I have a concealed permit carry. Uh, I'm 100% for protecting gun rights. Uh, we have a constitutional right to bear arms, and no one should try to take that away, period. Uh, as far as the red flag laws, uh, that can really hurt legal gun owners. Uh, that also needs to be uh, looked at um, drastically. Uh, for someone just to come up to you and accuse you of pointing their, your gun to them, and you can get your weapon take, taken away just like that without due process. To me, that's unacceptable. Now, where, where you, now, you had an interesting solution. You and I were talking because I helped you circulate petitions. <laughs> but we, we, we were chatting a little bit about your, uh, your city parking situation. Now, where, where are you at on that? Uh, you had an interesting so, solution on that. Well, yeah. So <laughs> the city of Reading has a lot of vacant buildings. Mm-hmm. And um, the solution that I had proposed was to eliminate those vacant buildings, smooth them over, and, and create parking lots. Um, to help with the onflow of uh, traffic that has uh, uh, really progressed over the years, um, it's pretty sad that you know when you go into when you go into the city, if you 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 have to circle multiple times the same block to find a parking space, and nine times out of ten, you're parking two three blocks away from your destination. To me, that's unacceptable. And with our residents, a lot of my constituents there, they do the same thing. And for them to pay their taxes there and unable to even find a space remotely in the same area of their house is very, very difficult. And to me, that's unacceptable. Um, I know the city has uh, ordinances that um, that they really should have enacted as far as being able to turn a single-family dwelling house into a multiple, uh, multiple family mm-hmm. dwelling house with four to five other families living in there. Um, if In Kenhurst, since I'm on the zoning board in Kenhurst, we just denied someone uh, for turning their single family home into a multiple family dwelling <clears throat> because they didn't have enough room uh, to, for, to create parking spots for the additional uh, family size. So if you don't have the additional uh, parking spaces, I want to know why these ordinances were granted to do that. To me, that is just sloppy politics, and uh, that should come down to the uh, city council. Bonnie, it sounds, Bonnie, it sounds to me like he's anti-bureaucrat. What, what do you think, Bonnie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think only the silly bureaucratic uh, solutions that we've had so far. So, um, yes. Now, 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 I want to ask you a question on, on school choice. Now, Bonnie's a former teacher. Bonnie, what's your what's your thoughts on school choice? And then, Brandon, why don't you uh, answer with your answers on some school choice, okay? Sure. So, so in, in school choice, are we talking now about um, charter schools and that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, how, how would you improve academic? How would you improve academic outcome while controlling our overhead costs right now? And, and which well, is school choice? Well, I think one of the issues, too, especially now, especially in Philadelphia and Berks County has it also. And it is the the fact of these charter schools and the cyber schools and the, you know, a lot of these places, they have failing schools and people want to get their children out of those schools into the charter or the cyber schools. But many unions, of course, teachers unions are against this because, well, takes away some jobs I, I'm sure from the um, public sector but um, 
you know, what are we doing? We want to educate our children. That's, That's right. the main thing. So we have to look at the different ways that we can help children that need it, that are in failing schools. First of all, we do want to um, make these failing schools better, but um, uh, that, of course, takes money. And I know for a fact there's so much waste in uh-huh. public education. That's right. so. <laughs> so you're not saying it's an answer is to throw more money at is what you're saying, Bonnie, right? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> it's just, and I couldn't uh, agree more with her. That's, right. that's exactly correct. That's our main issue. We keep throwing money at this uh, hungry monster that we call the public school system, right. yet the, the public school system is generating well below average students. Um, mm-hmm. Most of them don't even go to college, um, and most of them can't even read. I mean, it's really a sad thing, especially when you account for how much these public school systems generate um, actually, well, with the budget that we, that we give to them period. Right. Uh, it's, it's actually quite embarrassing. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. Of yeah. course, common core is a problem too, if because should, they're not teaching kids. Can I just add one more thing? Then? Sure. Then. Yep. Yep. From, okay. We mentioned, just mentioned about um, a lot of kids don't go to college. Well, I think we have to look at that. Take a hard look at that because many kids should not be going to college. That's why so many of these kids have these huge debts. They can't get decent jobs. They take five and six years to graduate from a four-year course. Right. And um, we have all of these. Um, we have Votech schools, all the trade schools, and so on. These are good paying jobs. Mm-hmm. You know what you pay if you get an electrician to come to your house. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. they are good paying, good paying jobs. And we have to uh, direct more children into these positions instead of saying, oh, everybody has to go to college. Oh, that's wrong. Right. So, and and I, I don't mean because, oh, some kids aren't capable. Of course, not everyone is capable of that's doing right. college work. And why send them if they're going to fail? I agree. I agree. That is, uh, that is correct. And, now, and again, what's your thoughts on Common Core, uh, Brandon? I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> From when, when I was in school, and, this, and that wasn't really long ago. You know, that was 12 years ago. That's right. And um, from the kids that are, you know, my friends have kids in school now, and they struggle trying to solve the simplest of mathematical right. equations by doing something that you need a GPS just, just because of how long of a process is. That's right. I mean, I literally get lost in, in, how, to, in, in how to solve some equations now with That's how right. they are expanding on that. I mean, right. <laughs> you know, I, I never even got the common core. Well, one thing, one, one thing I can tell you, Brandon, and I think it's, and I, I, again, if you get elected, and uh, I, I hope we can get rid of common core. Common core is the biggest blight we've had to dumbing down the population of this country and blunting our economic growth over the last bunch of years. Uh, you know, uh, our country used to be top five on planet Earth in math, science, and reading, and now we're top 40th, okay, 35th. Yeah. So, I mean, it really is horrible, and I think that uh, it's done nothing but hurt our academic outcome. But, uh, well, we're out of time with you, Brandon. We appreciate you taking the time to do the interview. Is there anything? Why should voters vote for you on April 28th? Why don't you sum that up? Well, I'm not a politician, and I'm not going to – try to be a politician. I'm going in here with common sense policies 
and a business aspect that will be able to bring jobs back to my district and make sense of things. And I want my con- uh, constituents to know that they, to know where their tax money is going right. and not just to raise taxes just because. I want a, an outline on why these things are being taken care of and how they and how they're getting paid. So that is my uh, big thing on why I want to run. I want to bring jobs back to my area. Sounds like he's an anti-bureaucrat, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go with that. <laughs> hey, Brandon, thanks so much for being with us. You're a great guy. Thanks for taking the time. Um, our vote, the voters are going to get to meet you, and they're going to get to love you because you're a great guy, great personality, got a winning smile. Thanks for being with us today on The Watchman. And uh, we'll be right back with Bonnie and I. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Democrat debate. Stay tuned. Be right back. Okay, we're back with Bonnie, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Democrat debate. Uh, I thought the big debate debacle, I thought it was very interesting. The socialist plans that were put on full display as it turned off turned off millions of voters. <laughs> but also it revealed the motives of their socialist base and they themselves. Look, Sanders raised almost a million dollars during the debate. I thought that was interesting. But the people... The people, they all want socialism. The people that want socialism, they donated the money. 
I don't know why anybody would donate money to a socialist. Mm. But anyway, the debate was was about uh, you know the was about uh, who's going to bring us to socialist faster. Okay, uh, Bernie Sanders wants it yesterday, and uh, Biden wants it. Well, he wants to stage it in over the course of a couple of years. They all want the same thing. They all want to take away your rights, and uh, that's the way it is. And the state of them, uh, the state of the Democrat Party, Bonnie, is truly pathetic. But I want to talk a little bit about. I want to talk a little bit about Comrade Bernie. Now, when he praised Cuba, or, mm-hmm. Cu- or Cuba, Cuba, when he praised when he praised <laughs> Cuba, well, uh, dictators, and he says when they do good, we need to recognize them as doing good. Bonnie, I mean, what are your thoughts on Cuba? <laughs> Well, I, I know he said that uh, one of the, the first things that I remember him saying was about, oh, when Castro came in, uh, he put on this big literacy push. <laughs> well, I was reading uh, that uh, Cuba had one of the highest literacy rates mm. of any of the uh, South American or Central American yeah. countries. So that wasn't really such a big deal. And an interesting point that I also read was that it doesn't matter if you have a literate population if they the only thing they hear is what you want them to hear or the bullets from the guns or the bullets from the guns that are lined up on the firing squad (laughs) 50 they used to have like 50 radio stations and um newspapers and so on now they have one Mm -hmm. that's it one so it's a joke and i think he's he's ridiculous and i um I'm sure the more people really hear about this, the background to a lot of the stuff that he's saying, which is absurd. That's right. That um, they they have to move away. And these people that are donating money, well, as a socialist, he's going to be taking their money soon enough. So <laughs> they better you know they better think about that too. Hey, I, I tell you what, what really got me was Pete Buttigieg. Now, now he's out of the race. Okay, Pete's out of the race. Right. But when Pete, he's gone. But when Pete was ex, was talking about a nine year old sexuality confusion in one of his town halls, to one of his town halls, he was talking about nine year old. Asked him a question as he was transitioning, or maybe he was just a confused mm. sexually kid or whatever. But yeah. but Buttigieg answered this kid, and all I could think was, where were the child's parents and where were the police? Where were the police? Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't even believe that this guy running for president. Well, needless to say, he had no more support after that. And I think people saw that. I think enough people saw it, even in the Democrat circles. And they said, this guy's insane. Talking to a nine-year-old kid about his sexuality. See, this is the stuff that goes on in schools, Bonnie, that the people don't even know oh, happens. Yeah. But I was on a school board. I'm telling you, folks, this is the kind of stuff yeah. that they secretly get behind the scenes without telling mom or dad. Parental rights are very important, and I think uh, school boards need to be fighting for parental rights because it turns off the public. Something like that from Buttigieg turns off the public. But let's talk a little bit about Biden. I thought it was interesting. Biden declared he wanted gun control because we've lost 150 Americans to gun violence since 2007. No, Bonnie? No, he said 150 million. Oh, 150 million Americans. Yeah. 150 million we've lost. Well, of course, that's half the population of our country, but wow. Now, Bonnie was had a lot of immigration. (laughs) Bonnie, was he called out for that? Was he called out for that? Did they call him out? No. So you're saying that you're saying that the the debate moderators overlooked it. Every we even I'm surprised that the 
debaters overlooked it. I'm amazed. No one said anything. I was yeah, no one well, said anything. Let's get into some other points that, that, that Happy Joe did. I thought it was funny because nobody really called him out as this other stuff. So he also stated that he wrote the bill to stop domestic abusers from, from buying guns. They said he wrote the bill. Of course, Amy Klobuchar said, you didn't write the bill. I wrote the bill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, uh, yeah. Well, uh, uh, that was on the debate. It, it's, it's, it's a shame that he's still in it. And it's a shame that a large number of people voted for him in South Carolina uh, to sort of give him impetus now to stay in. Um, but he's, I mean, he's, really, not, he's not going to get it, though. But, 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 but let's t- touch on a couple before we get to something else. I want to yeah. get to some of these points he made. He, he also stated yeah. he, he set up a bill to set up the drug courts. Remember that? He goes, I wrote the bill that set up the drug courts, he said. And then he says, then he. I don't believe he voted. He didn't write any major bills at all, did he ever? No. I loved it when he said, Bonnie, Bonnie, he said, I intimately knew eight presidents. (laughs) (laughs) This is the guy that they want as their front runner. All right, I love it. He goes, he stated, he goes, he had more meetings with Xi Jinping, the Chinese president, than anyone, and he was able to convince Ping to join the international agreement. I thought that was interesting. He stated in the debate that he spearheaded. Now, this is this was a real kick that everyone, nobody called him out on. He spearheaded no. the stopping of the Ebola virus and saved millions of lives. He spearheaded it. You didn't know that, did you? See, nobody I knew that he spearheaded it that. I knew it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But right, you're right. No one out of this stuff. Uh, it's amazing. I'm amazed that they let him get away with that. You know, and he gets in the, so this is a guy who's been there for 50 years, nearly, whatever, 40, 50 years. Uh, yeah. And he, now he's, he's coming across as, I'm the guy. I'm the guy who can change Washington. <laughs> and how many times has he run for president now? Oh, it's amazing. I'm amazed. He's Wasn't been, he in the, you know, I mean, yeah. He ran in 88. He ran, he ran in 88. He yeah. ran in 92. I I believe he ran in 2000, and then he ran in 08. Yeah, he ran in 08. And do you know that, do you know that um, South Carolina was the first state that he won in all of those primaries that he was in? Interesting. It was the first state, yeah. Well, I think it's yeah. it's interesting, but but it, this is this whole race is coming down to a socialist and, a, and a, an 80-year-old man that can't remember where he's at half the time. So, and that's what this is all going to come down to. I think we're going to see, uh, we're going to see Doomberg actually run as a third party. I think he's trying to set this up, but I don't know if he's going to have any money left when he's done with all of this. But let's jump in, let's jump yeah, in a little bit. Let's jump a little bit into something else here. The courts, the courts decided to withhold funds oh. from sanctuary cities. What's your thought on that, Bonnie? Yes. It's about time, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable that these cities think that they can do what they want and, and go against federal law. Uh-huh. I, there is a federal law saying that, um, you know, the, the, the courts have to um, give them the information on the on criminals and, and the immigrants, mm-hmm. the illegal immigrants. They have to give them that information and they just ignore it. So if they can ignore it, I think it's about time. And I guess this is the third or fourth appeal now. Well, that's what I was going to get to. I'm glad you... The second U.S. Circuit Court. 
Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out because this is what's really interesting. What we see different with Trump and what we see different with other people. Remember when Corbett had the uh, voter ID law in this state? We, we passed a voter ID law and everybody's like, oh, great, we got a voter ID law. And then we had the, the leftist socialists in, in Harrisburg at the judges. They ruled against mm-hmm. it. They said that it's discriminatory against people right. that uh, whatever. I don't even I can't remember what their right. reasoning was. But I asked. Yeah. But 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 but, you know, why didn't they make the fur fly? When that happened, they just let it go. They didn't do anything about it. Well, here's Trump, right? So Trump Trump, gets, Trump yeah. brings this case up to the third appellate court. They couldn't get the ruling he wanted. So he went to the seventh appellate court. Couldn't get the ruling he wanted. So he went to the ninth appellate court. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get the ruling he wanted. So then he went to the second appellate court to <laughs> the get the ruling right. he wanted. <laughs> I love right. that. I, he is showing us how to fight this fight. I mean, he just kept going back and back and back and back and back. And finally, he got it in. That well, I'm so glad you pointed that out because that was really interesting. He's showing conservatives, when you pass these voter registration laws, why don't you come back and fight it if they reject it? And it's, it'll be interesting now to see how these, uh, these states and the cities react. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's going to withhold money. Hopefully. And it's really going to be interesting because... I heard uh, Lori Lightfoot again in Chicago. We're going to call uh-huh. her Lori, Lori Heavyfoot yeah. in Chicago. <laughs> I mean, the one good thing is she wants to prosecute Jesse Smollett for the fake hate crime. <laughs> she wants to go after him for faking the hate crime. But but she's... Well, she, and the judge, I think. Oh, yeah. She wants to go after him. Yeah. That's interesting <laughs> that these people are going after their own. But, but what's really interesting, yeah. too, is that she's out there declaring that we're a sanctuary city and we're not going to cooperate. And so you get this guy, he commits murder or whatever in Chicago after he was let out. And and, and and now ICE puts another detainer on him. We'll see if they honor the detainer or not. They're going to they're gonna show this up. Trump is going to show these actions from these sanctuary mayors and these sanctuary governors. He's going to show these actions for the illegal actions they are and how they're a front to the American people. And they're an affront to the voters of this country. And they're an affront. To, to to the to the safety and well being of the of our society, and that's what he's and, going and to show to them the, up for. And to the legal immigrants, that's right. To the legal immigrants, uh, they, they, those people that come in here, do things right. Uh, you know, then they look at this and think, well, geez, here's people that just come over across the border whenever they feel like it, pretend they're um, coming for. What are they coming? What do they always want to pretend they're coming for? Asylum. Sanctuary. Well, you know, from asylum. asylum. Yeah. Asylum. Right. And I mean, yeah, let's stop this. Let's, especially the ones that are criminals. How ridiculous is that? And then, because they hear, you hear these same story. Oh, well, we don't want the community to be afraid of the police. Oh, come on. They should be more afraid of these people that they're letting run around, these criminals. I'm amazed. I'm amazed that you and I, when we were kids, we never would have thought we'd ever hear something like this, would we? I, 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 no. I can't even I can't even imagine no. what I'm seeing with my own eyes and hearing with my own ears as I hear it and as I see it. And yes, it angers me. Yes, it does. Yes, it motivates me to want to vote. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, but I, I'm amazed at, 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 the, at the fact that these people are out there promoting chaos. Promoting crime. I mean, they're, they're disrupting law and order. I mean, Bonnie, what are your final thoughts on that as we wrap then, the show up? 
Well, and just what you said, and then we're just adding that the New York bail is a another thing, uh, just another thing to um, increase crime now that they're letting these criminals. Ninety percent of criminals now do not have to post any kind of bail. Um, they're just array or just arraigned and then left free or whatever. You know what I mean? They're oh, just, yeah. They just go back out. And so, again, <laughs> really, is that, how, is that what we want to do? Well, no, no one realized that crimes are going to happen like the, you know, and, and, and you, you briefly touched on it with the bail reform laws in New York. And what's interesting is and what people don't realize, OK, is that it basically it, it, it decriminalized homicide or I should say it changed. It took away the bail laws for homicide, second degree manslaughter, third degree assault, burglary, stalking. No longer are they going to require right. bail. They're no longer, they're no longer going to require bail. 90%. Yep. 90% of the crimes. And, and and here get these people getting released back because there's no bail requirement, so they go right back out and they do it again. Right. And and again, sure. I guess no one knew this because no one read the bill, Bonnie. Yeah, <laughs> right. They had to vote for it before they yeah. they could read it. Right. They they, they never <laughs> read it before something like that. I mean, I mean it's amazing. I mean, no one it read is the bill. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, and when this is combined with sanctuary laws, we see a real disaster. You know, the state of New York has not has 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 not put public safety first. And Cuomo the Pious, he's the governor, Cuomo the Pious. Cuomo mm-hmm. the Pious has the Pious has blocked ice from the DMV database. All right, this is amazing to these. I mean, this is absolute fifth dimensional crazy, folks. This is fifth dimensional crazy. The citizens of New York are seeing what fifth dimensional policies look like. It crime it, it crime increases, safety decreases. Folks, we're going to have to leave it there. We are out of time. Bonnie, thank you for taking the time with us. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. And thanks to all of our listeners for being with us today on The Watchman. We appreciate you tuning in. And I think we unpacked that with a punch today. And again, uh, we appreciate. We'll see you next week on The Watchman. Tune in every Saturday at 430 right here on AM Radio, 1180 WFYL for The Watchman. Some of us, some of our audience listens to us on the podcast. Some listen to us live on YouTube and some listen to us live on our website, 1180WFYL. And some listen to us live in the listening area just by tuning in. However you choose to listen to us, we appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week on The Watchman. I'm Clay Brees for Bonnie Stock. Goodbye for now.